Blog Talk Radio. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Cocoa Express is waiting for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Best Invention Ever, You. And I do this show with my amazing co-host, Marilyn. Marilyn, are you there? Well, hello, hello, Aurelia. Yes, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I am here and excited, as always, to be here with you and our listeners. How are you, Aurelia? I'm doing well. I mean, I have no complaints. I love doing the show, so I'm in a happy place right now. That's all that matters. Yes. Grateful to be here. Yes. So today is a special, special show because many of you may not know this, but Marilyn and I have known each other for decades. (laughs) You're aging us. I I didn't say how many decades. I just said decades. (laughs) Yes. I've had the pleasure of meeting Marilyn's family on several occasions, and I've, you know, they are just such warm, loving people, and it's always been a pleasure being around them and meeting them. And today, we have the honor, the esteemed pleasure of having Anthony Ocasio, Marilyn's brother, with us. And, I mean, I'm just, like, so um, inspired because... I knew him when he was a a young man, and now to see who he is and what he's become is just amazing to behold. And we wanted to show you another example of what it's like to be the best invention ever. So, Marilyn, I would like for you to introduce your brother. Yes, I will. Um you know, sometimes you have a family member and you truly admire them and inspire, you're inspired by them and you think so highly of them. And a lot of times people don't tell you. And, you know, I am inspired by my brother and I have another brother, Felix, which he's also very highly successful, very, and I'm very inspired by him and also my sister, Isabel. And Anthony, he he's the youngest of all. And... I have seen him grow up the ladder of success so amazingly, and that's why I was compelled to ask him if he would like to be interviewed. And I'm so glad that he agreed because I have seen, I have just seen his life unfold so beautifully. And today he is the vice president uh, of product development and production for a very well-known designer. And he has been involved with many well-known designers, and I'll let him mention who they are if he would like to. And it's this is what passion looks like. It's vision and creating that vision. And he is the best invention ever, as our episode says. He has this He's had this passion, and he has crafted this career that has draped the globe with the styles that we see in the fashion magazines that we admire. So 
I am welcoming all of our listeners, and I'm welcoming Anthony Ocasio, the best invention Yay! ever. <laughs> Yay! Hello. Hi, Anthony. How are you? Hello. Fine, you, that, that's a great introduction. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, thank I hope you. I have you in tears, you know. <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> oh, good. I am so I mean, I'm so glad to have you on the show today, and I'm so, you know, I am, how can I put it, I am just so just overwhelmed by your success. It is just amazing to see all that you've done and all the places that you've been to. So, please, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to let you tell (laughs) your story so that the listeners can hear from you so that they can know, um, you know, what we see and what we know. So please, of course. begin by telling us how you began your journey. Well, that, that's actually a great story. Um, I had a cousin that worked at Don and Karen, and I was still, I was finding myself. I didn't know what to do. I was actually working in Wall Street. I was still interviewing. I was thinking about what college to go to. And my cousin just gave me a call and said, listen, there's an opening in Donna Karen's entry level. Do you want to interview? I said, sure, why not? You know, I'm trying to find myself, my passion, what I want to do for the rest of my life for work. So I went for the interview, and they actually hired me in the spot because it was just, it was, the connection was so great. It was so cool. And it was an entry-level position. I didn't even have a title. I was I was just like uh, an associate assistant for everybody. And it was great because the journey started. I actually helped everyone from people in production, Donna Karen herself on the design department. Uh, I worked with the publicity department. I worked with sales, with merchandising. I actually got the opportunity to learn the industry in and out with my first job at Donna Karen. And it was just, it was an instant, like, I just fell in love with the industry. And I just wanted to learn more. So while other people were hanging out on the weekends or going there, my interest and my passion was to find out more. So, you know, the fashion industry, whoever was in it, they know how demanding it could be, especially during show season. You have to work weekends, nights. But when... I started doing that. It was so much fun because I got to learn so much about the industry, meeting people, working in the city, going to the factories, going to the cutting rooms, um, learning how the sewing machines are being set up when you do the um, the fashion shows. We used to do a fashion show in Bryan Park. We used to rent trucks, load up the machines, bring them to the park. There's so much that goes into this industry, the back end of it, that people don't see or realize how much work and dedication it goes into it. A lot of people just see the glamorous lifestyle from the outside, but they don't see what it takes to get to that point. Hmm. That yes, so that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that that's a good point that Aurelia, that he says that, People see the glamorous side, but they don't see the back ends of it. And also, people see the success. A lot of people see 
a successful person and say, wow, he's so lucky, without knowing the backstory and all the challenges that have to be overcome and all the hard work that was put into it. So now I have a question for Anthony. I'm going to ask you, what challenges did you face? How did you overcome it? And what lessons did you learn from it? Well, that's that's a great question, and when I'm actually talking to interns or or anybody in particular about the industry, the one advice I give to people is I used to always think um, Superman and I wanted to do the best job that I could do by myself. It, it's That's highly impossible, especially when you're still learning the industry, you're still growing. So my advice, my biggest challenge was to – don't try to be a hero and try to solve every issue out there by yourself because that's the reason you have leaders that are above you, that are working with you, that hired you, because those leaders have the experience and will know how to defuse any type of situation a lot quicker, might have better ideas than you trying to do something, sweep it under the carpet, and then two months later, something might arise because you didn't ask for help. You didn't tell someone. You didn't, You figured, I did it, I worked to 12 o'clock at night, and I got it done. But you don't realize that you just put a Band-Aid in the situation, and then in the future, it might arise again. Me right now, as a team lead, vice president in a company, I always tell people, I'm like, don't try to be a hero. This is why I'm here. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have questions. You're going to have certain things that it might be out of, out of your control. That's just the world. Nothing You can't control everything 100%. You need to come to me, and together we can find solutions. And together we can find solutions in a way that you, I could touch other departments and come up with a plan to make sure it doesn't affect yourself or the business. Excellent. Now, Mike, uh, um, I wanted to know from your experiences coming from, you know, out of the city and going to a foreign country, what was that like for you and how were you able to adapt and make, you know, the necessary changes in those environments? Well, that, that, that was a great experience for me. The first time that I traveled, I went to Guatemala. I worked for this company called Scene Designs. And when I went to Guatemala, it was an advantage because I speak Spanish. And when I first landed at the factory, you know, I was all dressed up. I had a briefcase. And they actually were talking about me in Spanish. And when I answered, they were shocked. <laughs> they were like, they couldn't believe. They were like, oh, look at the gringo over here, he, who he think he is. Because, you know, I looked young. You know, I was all dressed up. I had a briefcase. And when I started talking back to Spanish, they just, like, turned white as a ghost. And they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I said, no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was, it was an experience. I don't even know how to describe it because I was in a different – it's like you're in a different world. You need to learn how to adapt. You need to learn and absorb their culture. You need to learn and realize how they work in the factories. You need to – it's just so many little things that you need to pay attention to the details to make sure in in operations, especially what I do in production. Like anything that might be missing or something, it, it can just create a train wreck. So when when I traveled to these countries, it, it was it was a bit scary in the beginning, but then I just loved the challenge. 
I love to be challenged because when you're challenged, it makes you think different. Even if it's the same problem every year, it's a different challenge that you need to think different and reinvent the wheel. Okay. That's excellent. Now, when, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, and and I'm going to ask you, these skills that you use have and that you use, um, your, your upbringing, when you were a kid, did you think that some of the things you learned as a kid that you would be using today? No. And it's so surprising because uh, I'll give you a funny story. I'm friends with a CEO for another big company, and she tells me, she'd be like, you know, the one skill that you have that what brings you over other vice presidents in your level is that you are such a people person. You're so welcoming. You you always see people for what they could give you and, and, and their um, – the abilities of what they could do for you. You don't just look at labels. You don't just look at people and be like, oh, you know, that person doesn't know what they're doing. They talk too much. Like, you know, I've always been a people person. I've always been a good listener. Like, I don't just judge no one. And growing up with my family, my friends, in the neighborhood, like, I actually brought those skills to my industry. And I've negotiated multi-million dollar deals with, companies, with factories, with shipping companies, and, you know, it's deals that other people can have the best degree in the world, but if you don't know how to talk to a person and read person, you know, by the way they're talking back to you or they're answering you, you know, you could go far if you understand that person, if you tell them what they want to hear, make them feel secure, because you're going to earn that person's trust, and they're going to be like, this is an honest guy, like, let's work with him. Let's see what he. Well, let's let's see what he's about. Okay. Yes, yes, I I love that Aurelia and Anthony and it. What comes to mind is when people say, "If you have a product or a service and you're selling, the people are not buying really the product or the service. They're buying you, what you bring to the table, the personality that you bring, the way you are being, and from." From what I see and what I've seen and learned from my brother is that there is no ego, right? So he really has that social intelligence where you have that connection with people, and that is what helped him to rise up. That social connection, that social intelligence, and putting that ego to the side and doing things with love. That's why I love that scripture. Let all that you do, all the, all the things that you do be done in love. So that's mm. one yep. great piece of advice and one great example. And, and, and if you do something, if you do something, especially for work, like I actually can honestly say I still have that passion. I still have that flame for what I do for work. Like, a lot of people get burnt out. They just do it for a paycheck. When they have an issue, they turn into a pretzel, I always say. And they actually <laughs> yell at their employees or, mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't know what to do. I've learned from other people's 
you know, I, I guess I don't want to say mistakes, but, you know, mistakes of doing those type of things. Like, I've never treat – you treat people the way you want to be treated. And believe it or not, like, I have people that work for me that I don't even need to tell them you need to work late, you need to work – they just know what the deadlines are and they know what they know what needs to be done. And they – I give them the same respect. They need a day off. They want to go away on vacation for two weeks. I I always approve it, you know. And there's other people in other in this industry. They they tell me, Anthony, how can you let your director of development go on vacation for two weeks? That is unheard of. I'm like, you know what? It's just the way you manage your team and your people, and and it's, you have to be an open book with them, you know, like. You have to come to different agreements. Like I, I agreed, you could go away for two weeks, but just check your emails every other day. Make sure we're on top of things. Send me a list. And most of the times, I don't even want them working because I want them to focus in them vacation and decompress and enjoy life. But you know, when you see people that they know there's certain things that need to be taken care of, they'll jump on it no matter what. Like you know, I do the same thing. And Recently, I was on vacation. I took a few days off, and my boss texted me, oh, my God, can you, we just got the shoe that sold out. Can you, you know, do something called a factory so we could do a recut? I immediately picked up the phone, called Brazil, and I got it done, and it took me less than 15 minutes. Again, you know, it's just because you're so passionate about something, and you get happy when you hear something like that. You get excited that the product's working, the product's selling. So, you know, you just want to do more, and you want to, you know, I don't mind going out of my way of doing something like that. And, you know, that's why I treat people the way I want to be treated. You know, like I'll give you another example. I see an intern bringing in a roll of fabric that just came in from Italy, and the fabric weighs like 30, 40 pounds. Most of the time, people will look at that poor girl and they'll say, oh, she's an intern. Let her bring it into the cutter. I actually will come out of my office, I'll pick up that fabric, and I'll bring it into the sample room for her because, you know, you don't – come on. Like, she's she's a, she, she's up and coming. She's learning. She's an intern. You want to give somebody the best experience. You want to teach them. You want to talk to them. You don't want them also to just struggle. Like, you know, you can't do that. Oh, and you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to um to you and I'm listening to Marilyn and I'm cracking up inside because I'm like they are so much alike. <laughs> and the, <laughs> you two are so much alike. And being that I had the pleasure of meeting the whole family, I see it. I see where you get it from. Your mother was a very loving, warm, wonderful woman, and your father was just always so happy and gregarious. And I see it coming through. So I understand why you're such a passionate um, manager of people because you come from a very passionate, loving environment. So I just wanted to, to, to put that out there for you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Aurelia. And I also wanted to add that from listening to Anthony talking about his employees, how, see, I don't see that side of my brother. I don't see him in action at work, but I know of it, and I know the things that he's done. But from hearing him speak about the employees and the interns, I can see that there's a lot of appreciation for his employees, and when people are appreciated, 
and I'm not operating from that level of stress. And I'm saying, yes, sometimes stress does help a little bit to when we have that deadline to get to the ne- next level, but it's a different type of stress. But to feel appreciated and to know that they don't need to worry about certain things of the way Anthony is being, and that will bring so much more production exactly. into the space. And I believe that's a huge part of Anthony's success because of his way of being. The people are going to respond to the way you're being. So that's why he has been so successful with the people that work for him, the people that work with him and his coworkers. It's just a very important aspect of the whole picture. Yep. Like like I'm the type of person that also like I don't whatever knowledge I have, I'm not afraid of sharing it with the people that work. I say they work with me, I don't work they don't work for me because we are a team. Mm. Like when you, when people Love. work for you automatically they you know, i don't really like the way that sounds. They work with me. We are a team. And my knowledge, it. whatever I have, I share because that makes me more powerful to become bigger and greater and understand bigger things and probably tackle more bigger issues, but I don't hide anything. Anybody wants to know anything, I teach them how to do costing, time and action calendars. There's a lot of things that go on behind behind the scenes of the fashion industry that people don't understand. That It's funny, sometimes I tell people, what do you think, magical elves create sizes for you? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's science, actually. You need to really... I have a team that they call the technical designers. So these guys, I call them my architects because when the product comes in from the factories, they need to review it. They need to fit it. They need to measure it. They need to make sure it's all up to spec and it's all approved. And my technical designers are very picky. If you off spec by a few inches, it's, it's, it's rejected. So they need to, the factory needs to start all over again and figure out the problem. And, you know, it, it, it's just a common, everybody needs to understand each other and have that level of respect. Um, have you ever had a situation, and I want to know how did you handle it, have you ever had a situation where something went horribly wrong and you had to, you know, immediately address just adjust or flip the script to be able to fix it. How did you handle that, and how did you handle the person who created the error? Well, I, I'm going to start with something that happened recently. It wasn't an error about a person. It was about COVID. So when COVID first started, everybody, you know, the company shut down, and we need to figure out a way how to keep the business running. Thank God that we, my team and I already, we had ways of working from home because every time somebody was sick or let's say someone, you know, had an issue with their family, so we figured out a way how to connect their computers to the computers that work. So for some reason, we was already prepared, my team and I. And when COVID happened, it was, everybody was panicking, the owners, you know, sales, because... Factories were even shutting down. So one particular big issue that we had, we had a factory that shut down. And because of the relationships that I keep in Hong Kong and China, I have a lot of great relationships. 
I was working day and night, making phone calls, sending emails, creating charts. Make a long story short, there was a factory that was going out of business, and I had like $2 million worth of products sitting there. I had to figure out how to get everything out of that factory, cutting the fabric, the trimming, the buttons, the patterns, everything, samples, and try to transport that to a different factory. And the timing is critical because in the fashion industry, you have a timeline for everything. You... Hello? Marilyn? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know if uh, maybe he lost connection. Uh, I think he did. He, uh, dropped. he dropped. But what's that? Get, he, um, his, he dropped. The call dropped. He can call back in. But in the meantime, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting to to hear and see how he was able to um, adjust because he was prepared and he was prepared because he had an open dialogue and relationship with his his team and that's important that communication aspect is extremely important especially when you you know go up the ranks because I see oftentimes a lot of uh, managers he's back now they lose touch with uh, their employees. I'm outside my house and I lost connection oh he's okay. back yes yes Sorry, yes. sorry. So, um, yes, go ahead, please. Just, just continue what you were saying, Aurelia. I think that was. Oh, no. oh, I'll say, oftentimes, sorry. managers, when they, when they reach a certain level, they completely lose touch with their employees. And that is where, you know, the, um, I guess you can say that's where the holes, the gaps come in. And it seems to me that you've had such a great dialogue and rapport and open communication with your team that you don't have those gaps and errors don't happen like they would in other situations with someone who is less open to their team. Correct. Correct. People people are really, they know I have an open door policy. And, you know, funny thing is even people from different departments come to me when they have issues, and I still... I'm the type of person that I don't say, well, I'm not your direct manager. I actually help them problem solve it. And, and if they need something, they need a budget created, they need to purchase something, they need uh, advice, they actually come to me, and, and I have no problems trying to help that other person. Even I don't care for what department. We're all one team. We're one company. We have the same purpose, to create a beautiful product for the world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you were saying before you were dropped, before your call dropped, um, you had um, a, a, a very expensive bunch of product, and how you had yeah. to get it. Yeah. Well, to, to make a long story short, basically, like you know, when you hold those connections globally because of who you are, people will do favors for you. People will move mountains for you because they know you you you're good for it. And, you know, when I started making phone calls, I easily transferred all this material, product, um, trim. And, and it's it's hard to do when you're in a foreign country, when you have a factory shutting down. You know, there could be many things that could go wrong. You know, employees could, like, retaliate because they know the factory is closing and you're bringing stuff out. So you need it quietly to really relocate the entire collection to another manufacturing partner to create that for you and ship, still ship it on time. And my factories, I call them my manufacturing partners because 
you know, people call them their vendors, their factories, their mills. Like, no, they're my manufacturing partners because without them, I won't have a product, and, and I have to trust in them to create this for me. That is amazing. That is really amazing. I was going to say the same thing. It's so amazing, and there's so much involved. Yes. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I I, I love, you know, to look in the magazines and see all of these amazing outfits. And then with Fashion Week at Bryant Park, you see all these. I mean, I used to work over in that area, so around Fashion Week, I would see all the hustle and bustle and people putting things up to tents and getting all that together. But you don't know, you don't really know how detailed, what little minute details go into putting on one fashion show. Yeah, so so, so I'm going to bring something back. Aurelia asked me a question. She said, Marilla, how come you haven't been to any of those Fashion Week fashion shows? I said, good question. I don't know. i got to ask my brother. <laughs> He's been too busy. We never thought about it. <laughs> But I would love for I, lo- I would love for Anthony to talk about the experience of th- those more about more experience about those fashion shows and the behind the scenes and anything that stands out that you would like to share with us. Yes, yes. especially the fashion shows. People only see that twenty minutes of the runway look of the models going up and down the strip. I don't know if people understand that that collection was prepared about a year in advance. So basically, like right now, we're working on my fall 2022 collection. So that that's we're doing development for 2023. I'm sorry, I mean now. So everything is being developed a year, six months in advance, and there's so much work that goes into it between. You have the designers that start with the sketches, and then they have to do um, fabric research. So a lot of my designers, we try to be more sustainable now. So we are meeting with fabric mills from Italy, from Portugal, from Japan, all over the world. And there's so many, there's so the technology that's available now, people are trying to get more sustainable fabrics, more, you know, trim. So we start there. And then second, once the drawings get passed to what I call the sample room, basically the sample room, we have our own pattern makers. That's an art itself that I've never learned, and that's something that you need to – it's like a singer. You need to be born with certain talent, I think. Um, The pattern makers basically will take that sketch, and they will actually will make something, what we call a pattern, and they will create something to make a 3D model, a live Sample, and that, that's a skill set that I, I think I very I, when I see them doing it, it's it's like art. For me, I call that like art. It, it's it's basically the 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 architects of like the design world. And once they create that pattern, that pattern gets sent to the cutter. So basically, this guy comes, he puts up fabric. He measures it. He makes sure the fabric is pre-shrunk so the specs will be online to the sample. He cuts it, and then they send it to the sample maker, and she puts the sample together. And that's what, you, that's what they call the first proto-sample. So that's basically the first 
sample that they create from that one sketch that the designer put on a piece of paper. Wow, wow that that is yeah. amazing because I I used to well every now and then I will get in my little sewing room and I will make a garment and I understand what you're saying but for for you it's not something like it'll take me maybe a month to complete a garment but in your case all this gets done in a matter of days correct correct correct. So, like and, the, I mean, well, that, that's the first proto can be made within the first week because they will have several samples made, and then what, we'll do a fitting with, a, with the fit model. And then that's when my tech designers and the designers get together, and that's why I call them my architects too because then they actually look at the sample on the model. They feel the fabric. They see how it drapes over the body. They, you know, sometimes when the sample is created and the model puts it on, the, the designer might not even like the way the sample looks on the body. The, it's, it's too droopy or it's too stiff, and that style will be canceled, and they need to start from scratch. And mm. it, that, that, take, that process takes months before a collection gets built to reveal in the runway show. And then before the runway show, Work that goes, the amount of work that goes into it, casting, uh, the music. Believe it or not, the DJ, that the music's only like again, the show's a twenty, thirty minute show, not even. And the amount of time that they put into it is months, 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 months of dedication and time. Well, I will never ever look at a fashion show the same again. <laughs> it, it, it's it's fun, but it's it's a lot of work, and you have to have the drive and passion for it. Like a lot of upcoming or new designers, when they talk to me or they intern, then they when they see the work that goes behind the scenes, they'll be like, oh, no. I'm like, well, what you see in TV and fashion.com and MTV, that that's only the outcome of all the work that we put into it. A lot of blood and sweat goes into this collection. It's, it's you know, and me – like, to me, I, I love to be challenged. Uh, if not, I'm the type of person that I might get bored. So I like to figure out how to make things better, more efficient, quicker, more sustainable, and how to make even more, to be more profitable for the company and yourself. Because the better you become for yourself, the better it is for everybody, the entire company, yourself, your coworkers. Because you, if your product is successful, you know, it's, it, it's what you want to do, and okay. and this applies to every and this applies to everything in life. And like I mentioned earlier, sometimes people see only the success; they only see that part, but they don't see behind the scenes. And Anthony said, the magic word is passion. You really need to have that passion and keep that passion, that motivation, and to have that burning desire to know that this is truly what you want to do. And one clue, if you don't know and you're not sure, what is it that I want to be doing? What is it that I'm meant to be doing? See, Anthony's on his path because he loves it. 
and he's successful. So if you're trying to figure out what it is for you, I want you to think back. I want the listeners to think back at a time where you were doing something and you felt so much joy, and that is a clue that your body is giving you those feelings that you have in your body, and the universe will also give you clues. So pay attention and be aware, because I know when I was a little girl, I used to always play as a teacher. I always loved being a teacher, and now... As a, as a coach, health coach, and personal development coach, I love that. And I feel so fulfilled when I am with the teenagers and seeing them transform. So that's what brings me so much joy and fulfillment. That's my purpose, and that's my path, inspiring people. Anthony has found his path. So this is uh, something to think about if you're trying to figure out what is my path, and also just... Anything that you're doing today that you feel is not your path and your purpose, when you do it with love and all these things that Anthony mentioned, the social connection, being kind to others, having that consideration and compassion, that will also help you to get to where you want to be and to become who you want to become. And also, Anthony had a willingness to learn. That's the big thing. He, yeah. he he wanted to know more. He just didn't sit there and go, okay, this is enough. No, he wanted to learn and know more. And that Correct. also helped yeah. you. You put all of that together. You have a winning success story. Correct. And that's what we have right here. I, I got one big advice that I will tell people. Never take constructive criticism the wrong way. Some people take it and they bend out of shape. I take it as a compliment as someone wants me to do better for myself and they teaching me and explaining to me how can I do something better or how can I better myself. I'll give you an example. I'm a vice president right now, and I had a conversation with another team leader, and it ended up that I actually never, you know, you never want to stop learning. I started going to school at nighttime. I went to Hunter College to better myself, to take a class, because somebody brought it to my attention that you will even do better if you do it this way, or if you learn how to do certain things or speak in a different... And I didn't take it to the heart and be like, oh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. They, they, they're jealous of me. No, I took that. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to prove that I could do it and I could do better and, and that this is not all I have. And within a year and a half, people, like even the owners of the company, saw a difference of, you know, leadership, communication, and the way you just communicate throughout, like, corporate meetings. I'm the type of person that I could be very timid or I could be very open and very talkative. And it's a hit on, you know, I can't determine that. I can't control those feelings. There are times I could be very scared in a meeting. And I'm trying to learn how to overcome that. And I'm trying to learn how to become a better leader. And I'm trying to learn how to do group meetings instead of, you know, one by one. And believe it or not, it makes a big difference when you take constructive criticism in a way, in a manner that is a positive for you, not a negative. A lot of people that I know take it as a negative and they shut down and they don't understand what you're trying to do or you're trying to help them. You're not talking bad about them. You're not talking bad to them. You're trying to make them a better person in general. 
And I give that advice to people because some people, you know, they don't take that constructive criticism the right way, and they don't understand that's more of a positive than a negative. And, and you know, that, 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 that will mean a lot to a lot of people, I think. That's all, yes. Great piece of advice. Great yeah. piece of advice. So, Marilyn, what is Anthony? What do we call him? Anthony, Anthony is... is- the best invention ever. Ever. <laughs> no, thank you. That's the name of our show, you, and you are the best invention ever. And we want to remind our listeners to remember how amazing you are, and you too are the best invention ever. Yes, yes. And um, do you have any last words of, you know, inspirational wisdom that you want to share with our, our listeners, Anthony? Yes. To never, never give up. If you have a passion, if you have a vision, you have to go for it. You can't just sit and let something just fall in your lap. You have to. I've worked many hours, many weekends. I worked so hard to become who I am now. Now I have the freedom that I could just leave at 5.50 to get home to my family, to get home. But it took a lot to get to that level. You know, you work when you were younger a lot of people don't take advantage of that. A lot of people, they think, you know, yes, life is fun and it's games, but you need to also create your path. You create your own path. You choose your path. And if you don't do that, it's not going to just land in your lap. Like I, I've had many challenges in, this, in the fashion industry, and as a Latino man, to become who I am in this industry, like you, I had a lot of challenges that I just never gave up. You know, you always push harder. You always push faster. You always you always reinvent yourself and the wheel in a different way so people can notice you. You know, there, I had companies that I worked that I had people literally that were jealous of me saying, oh, he's probably sleeping with the boss or something. Absolutely not. You know why I was liked? Because I did my job and I did it well. I didn't kiss ass. I didn't try to make someone happy. Oh, do you want lunch? Do you want it? No. You do your job. You do it well. And you have an open mind and you communicate with everybody. You will be successful. You will be noticed. You will get your chance. But it takes time to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. Like like I tell people sometimes, Apple wasn't built overnight. It took years of failures and challenges, and now they're a successful company. That's how you build yourself. It doesn't happen overnight. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is just, those are really good words to live by. And, you know, you've said so much to us in regards to what it takes to have a happy life. It's not just about business. It's not just about, you know, working. You've created a happy life for yourself. And that is important. And your happiness exudes, with the, you know, with the way that you interact with people and the different environments you're in and how you show up. And I have yeah. to say, it's just, I'm just glad that we are able to have you on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, yes, Thank me you. too. And I just want to add, I just want to add one more thing to that happy life. He has an, an amazing wife and an amazing son, Max, my nephew. And there's so much joy when you are surrounded by that family and by my family. There's just a lot of joy, a lot of love. And that is also 
uh, something that is so valuable and so important to have that happy family life. So Anthony not only is successful in his business, but with his family and um, still very proud to call Anthony my brother and to have him interviewed on this show. So thank you, Anthony. I love you. Thank you. Love you, too. So, Anthony, how does it feel having your sister interview you? <laughs> it, it feels great. I'm not going to lie to you. In the beginning, uh, I told her I was nervous. I was doing breathing exercises because, like I told you, like I'm the type of person, I could be very nervous, I could be very talkative, and I don't stop. But, you know, that's something I, you always, like I always tell people, you need to learn how to overcome your fears, and by doing that, it will make you more of a better and more successful person. You need to you need to just open up and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like when you asked me a question before, so when I when I travel, like I'm not when I also travel. I've been to India, I've been to Guatemala, I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to Vietnam, I've been to Korea, I've been to Italy, I've been to I've been to many places in the world, and it's because of what I do for a living. And you know, there's always so many challenges. You're always afraid of things, but you always need to just mentally prepare yourself and talk to yourself and 99% of the times it's always it's always okay and your first intuition your first gut choice it, it most of the times is correct like me what I do for a living in my industry I need to follow my gut and many times when I interview people when I interview manufacturing partners when I travel and you need to believe in yourself and you need to trust yourself that you know you're making the right choice Good. Thank you. Beautiful. Yes, it is. So it was really great having you on the show today, and you are welcome to come back. I mean, to share your, uh, I will, your business I, I will. This is, it, it was fun, and I'm sure, you know, I, I didn't, I think, talk much about the garment industry that I wanted to because the thing is it's, it, it's so much that goes in, into it, like people – will never I, I'll give you another funny story. I have my nephew that he actually interned for me one time. I worked for this company called Rogan and he was popular for his denim product and my nephew was sitting down with me, we was doing a fitting with a fit model and he was like, How can I do that job? I said, You know what? You don't want that job. That must, that that looks easy but and then the fit model had a chance to talk to my nephew, and he was like, this sucks. I got to watch what I eat. I get poked all the time. I got to be running around to schedules. It's not really a glamorous job. People see models, and they think they have the most glamorous job. It's hard. It's so hard. And when I used to send him to Midtown Manhattan to get, you know, some product for me, and he had a hard time one time in a store, and once he mentioned my name, everybody in the store was helping him. He was like, wow, the way people respect you in the industry, I just mentioned who you were, who I, who I needed something for. And everybody started helping me. I mm. said, it's just the way you treat others, you get treated back the same way. It, it's simple. That's just the key. Okay. So we can always schedule you to come back and have you, you know, talk about you know, the different aspects of the industry, because I think it's just so interesting. I mean, I find it interesting. What do you think, Marilyn? Yes, it is very, very interesting, and it would be wonderful to have another show with Anthony, yes. Great. So guess what, Anthony? 
sure. You're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely will be fun. Okay, great, great. So to all of our listeners, we really hope that you learned as much as we have with having Anthony Ocasio on the show. He has taught us some really valuable lessons about life in general. It's not just about work. It's life in general. You treat people the way you want to be treated. You have an open-door communication policy, and be completely honest and upfront with people. Don't judge a book by its cover, and be willing and open to learn as much as you can. These are some key elements that you should really hold on to whatever it is that you decide that you want to do. And remember that just because you don't have it today doesn't mean you won't have it tomorrow. Um, Marilyn, do you have any other things you would like to add to that? You couldn't have said it more beautifully, and you summarized everything that Anthony spoke about, and he has definitely been an inspiration. And just like you said, Aurelia, I encourage all of the listeners to know that you can follow your dream and do what you want and become who you want to be and have that life of your dreams. So follow it. And like Anthony said, never give up. Yes. So thank you, Anthony. We'll have you back again. And thank you, my amazing Mm -hmm. co-host, Marilyn. It's always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Aurelia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So Thank you, our listeners. Yes, thank you, listeners. So we're going to say not goodbye, but we'll see you again next week. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Okay. Blessings to all. Bye now. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. See you soon. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.